right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason and I'm your host. And I'm so grateful that you're listening to this right now. Thank you for being here, for joining me on this journey as we learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking, whether you're switching careers, whether you're an incoming MBA student, whether you already have a finance background and you're just listening to this for fun. (laughs) I'm just so glad that you're here. We're talking about valuation. And today's question is this, would you compare free cash flow with equity or enterprise value? Would you compare free cash flow with equity or enterprise value? Now let's break this question down here. What, What are we asking? Okay, free cash flow, we haven't really discussed that yet, and we'll break that down in a moment. Equity value, we understand what equity value is, right? That's what the shareholders own in a company. They own equity. We talked about shareholders' equity on the balance sheet, and we know that equity and debt are two different things. Got it? Okay. Now, as far as enterprise value, we've talked about this concept a lot at this point. Enterprise value, what's that formula again? (laughs) I'm going to repeat it just so you remember. Enterprise value equals debt plus equity plus preferred stock plus non-controlling interest minus cash. That's the formula for enterprise value. So equity value is a part of the enterprise value formula. All right. So we've already covered those things, but what is free cash flow? We need to define it. Free cash flow is the money that a business generates after paying all of its expenses to maintain its operations. And there's a couple of different ways to calculate it. I'll just give you the quick and dirty formula for now. There's a more extensive formula that we'll get into later when we discuss discounted cash flow analysis in detail. But free cash flow is equivalent to the net cash from operating activities minus capital expenditures. Now, remember, in our cash flow statement, we have those three sections. We have operating cash flow, investing cash flow, and financing cash flow. Right now, we're talking about the operating activities. So that's operating cash flow. How much money is the business generating as a normal course of its operations? And then taking that number, we subtract our capital expenditures. Because look, if you're running a business and you're generating cash flow from your business in terms of operating cash flow, but you still have to make a bunch of capital expenditures just to keep the business going, then you want to subtract that, right? Because you're really interested in what is the quote unquote free cash flow that the business has that it could use to reinvest, that it could use to pay dividends, that it could use to grow. That's what free cash flow is. But we have to make a very clear distinction here with free cash flow from the perspective of studying for these investment banking uh, and interviews. Free cash flow really has two different flavors. There's something called unlevered free cash flow and something called levered free cash flow. And I'm, I'm saying that word levered as in like pulling a lever um, with a fulcrum and, and a weight, if you remember uh, physics from the eighth grade. <laughs> so you have levered and unlevered. Now, what do these things mean? Unlevered free cash flow. This is your cash flow that excludes interest and represents cash available to all of the investors. 
of a business. So both debt and equity. Your levered free cash flow includes interest and represents cash available to equity investors. So just the equity investors. Now, what are the scenarios where these two forms of cash flow would be considered? Well, if you're doing an M&A deal, and it's kind of your typical M&A deal, from my understanding, you would really generally look at unlevered free cash flow because you're not focused on on including tons and tons of interest payments and loading the company with new debt necessarily. Unlevered free cash flow is kind of like your baseline free cash flow that you would want to look at. Levered free cash flow, this comes more into play with leveraged buyouts, with private equity. Private equity firm comes in, they see a business, and they're like, hey, I'm going to optimize this business. I'm going to optimize the deal to minimize the equity that I, the private equity investor, can put into the company. And in order to do that, I'm going to increase the debt to pretty much the maximum level in many cases where the business's operating cash flow can pay the interest on that debt. And because I'm optimizing for minimal equity, I'm going to increase my internal rate of return as a result. So that's where this leverage free cash flow comes in. It includes the interest expense and represents the cash available to the equity investors. Okay, now we've covered those definitions. We've differentiated between unlevered free cash flow and levered free cash flow. Now we return to the question. Would you compare free cash flow with equity value or enterprise value? And it's kind of a trick question because it depends on the type of free cash flow that we're talking about. If we're talking about unlevered free cash flow, that free cash flow type is available to all investors. And remember, that's what enterprise value represents. It represents the value of the company to all investors. So it makes sense to compare free cash flow that's unlevered to enterprise value. Now, conversely, levered free cash flow represents the cash available to equity investors. So we must compare this to equity value. That's where you get that comparison from. So unlevered free cash flow, it makes sense to compare it with enterprise value. With levered free cash flow, it makes sense to compare it with equity value. Okay, that's today's lesson. I hope you enjoyed this as thoroughly as I enjoyed recording this for you. My name is Alex Mason here with Investment Banking Insights. Next time, we're going to be coming back to these valuation methodologies, looking again at comparable companies and precedent transactions. We've talked about how important they, they are. We've talked about a little bit of the nuances, but let's go deeper with these valuation methodologies. We're going to be discovering some more things here in the next episode. All right. I'll see you over there. Take care.